This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. has three drones attacking a U.S. military base in Iraq. Three drones. World's on fire, folks. World's on fire. I'm just an angry Brooklyn Jew with a really, really big megaphone. And I'm pissed. I went from despondent, despair, sad, which I still am. I mean, don't show me a picture of me as Shem. It's going to ruin my whole day. It really is. To being really pissed. I, you know, just, um, just like the Jews are surrounded by Palestinians, of which I think more are bad than people talk about in the United States because they're so quick to say, oh, they're mostly good people. I don't know that. I have no idea. I'm surrounded by pro-Palestinian folks here in New York. I know Bill said that's not true, that 80% are pro-Israel. Well, I don't see them. I want to see them. If they are, I want to see them. What good are they staying inside their own homes? Come on out. They outnumber us four to one, these pro-Palestinian rallies. And I don't know. I find it really depressing and nauseating, just me. Although if Alex Trayman was in Brooklyn or Queens or the Bronx and not in Jerusalem, I think he'd feel the same way. So let's go live to Jerusalem for the ninth consecutive day and talk to my friend Alex. Alex, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Sid. How are you? Pissed. You know, we've got these uh, these rallies almost every day in major cities in the United States. There are more pro-Palestinian rallies and pro-Israel rallies. There are tons more people, almost four to one, at these pro-Palestinian rallies And I'm supposed to take solace in knowing that the Jews are there. They're just staying inside. How would you feel? Well, we've seen over the past 20, 25 years how the uh, jihadis have actually planted seeds in the United States and and tried to organize most for most uh mostly in the universities but but also beyond the universities and and they have been uh recruiting and radicalizing individuals in the United States for a long time and at the same time the Jewish community that I think was was so very strong uh several decades ago really has waned a bit in the last uh in the last period in its support of Israel becoming more hypercritical of the Jewish state and uh I think that's why you're seeing the shifting momentum uh, while people still do support Israel, more, more and more supporting the Palestinian cause. Yeah, disheartening. And I hate to complain here. I mean, you're in Jerusalem. You guys are going through hell. I had a good buddy of mine, Yehuda Hanikman, call in yesterday. He lives in a town about uh, 30 minutes outside of Jerusalem. And uh, Dov Heiken has now called in twice over the last week, a very famous politician. Oh, you know who he is from here in New York. And he's, he's uh, just outside Jerusalem this morning as well. And, uh, you know, they say the same thing, that they're still hearing rocket fire. And even though they feel relatively safe in that area, Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, those cities, 
you just never know. And they seem everybody seems to know somebody who has been either killed or maimed or certainly uh, altered by these attacks. And that remains the same for you even today, yes? Just a few minutes before we started, I saw that uh, rocket uh, attacks were being launched in Israeli cities, Ashkelon, Ashdod. Uh, there's been rockets fired at Tel Aviv area. And at the same time, there's rockets being fired in uh, northern communities just south of the Lebanon border. And this hospital still remains a uh, talking point here. I don't know why. I mean, I, I think at this point the proof is 100 percent, 100 percent down to the videos that the IDF has provided us with here that Hamas, these knuckleheads, did it to themselves. More than just uh, that it was their rocket. The rocket didn't even hit the hospital. That hospital is still standing. That, that, that rocket, that explosion took place in the parking lot outside of the hospital at 1 in the morning. So I think it's a little bit difficult uh, to, to believe that that was a mass casualty event with 500 deaths. And surprisingly, while I have seen a lot of people uh, on Twitter uh, coming and correcting the narrative about it being an Israeli strike and, and correctly noting that it was a Hamas rocket that misfired, I don't see yet correcting the, the, the fraudulent elements of the narrative that the hospital was hit at all or that it was a mass casualty event. People are still now saying that Hamas is responsible for all the deaths that they hit at the hospital. There wasn't even a hit on the hospital. It was just a hit on the parking lot outside. But there seem to be body bags, and uh, I, I don't know where that's coming from, but there were reports that people died. I mean, not nearly 500, but there were people that died, or is that not true? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is a war zone right now. There, like, we, we, we've seen not only is the, is the Israeli Air Force pounding Gaza uh, relentlessly over the past week, but there's been over 450 rockets, according to the IDF. You know, they track every rocket. They have to. With their Iron Dome system, in order to, to shoot down these rockets, they have to track them. And, and they've reported that over 450 rockets have misfired and landed in the Gaza Strip. So there's no doubt that uh, that many people inside Gaza are dead. But the, the idea that the Israeli Air Force struck the hospital, I mean, every single part of that narrative was a, was a fraud. All right. And yesterday, because of that uh, lie, I know that uh, Hezbollah in Lebanon called for a day of unprecedented rage. This just a couple of days after the global jihad day last Friday. Nothing happened here in the United States outside of angry rallies. Anything else happened in Israel due to these big days for the enemy? I mean, the northern border continues to simmer. It's, it's heating up gradually. I, I think that the IDF is prepared that this could uh, blow up into an all-out war together with, with Hezbollah at the same time as Hamas. But, no, we didn't see uh, the massive uh, type of uh, jihad day or day of rage that's been threatened a few times already in this conflict uh, for whatever reasons uh, in Judea and Samaria where where the Palestinian Authority controls much of the territory. It, it's remained relatively calm in the mixed cities in Jerusalem and Lod and Akko and Ramla and others. It's remained relatively calm. There is tension. There are some skirmishes with police, but we haven't seen this all-out uh, intifada, which I think a lot of people here are afraid uh, could happen.
Alex Trayman live from Jerusalem has been as he's been now nine consecutive days. So listen, we can't uh, destroy Hamas and get some of these hostages out, assuming a lot of them are still alive, and do all the things we want to do without attacking from air, sea, and land. And we've got three to four hundred thousand brave Israelis ready to go. They've been practicing, but every day they don't go in. At least here in the United States, there's a narrative that they may never go in, that all these other countries, including Biden, are trying to talk Israel out of it. Now, again, you and I talked about this yesterday. This may be as simple as, look, it's dangerous. Israel's going to suffer massive casualties. You've got booby traps. You've got tunnels. And they want to make sure their intelligence is ready to go before they do this. And I'm okay with that, but please tell me that, Israel and Netanyahu are not having any second thoughts about going in because while I regret we may lose some lives, you can't win this war and get one hostage without going in on the ground. I think that Netanyahu and his team recognize that the the tide of support uh, will turn against Israel the second it puts uh, troops on the ground. And I think that they, they felt it was very important for uh, Biden to come, for Olaf Scholz, of Ger- the Chancellor of Germany, to come, for Rishi Sunak, the, the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, to come uh, these last few days uh, and to lay out what their battle plans are. They, they obviously have very clear battle plans that are already being communicated to the, the lowest ranks of the military. Uh, they've, they've demonstrated what they want to do. They've also demonstrated their willingness to allow some degree of humanitarian aid in, and they communicated that they are going to adhere to all of the, the norms of international law when it comes to war, uh, and and they wanted those countries, to the leaders of those countries, to come here and, and basically to sign off and say that they will support Israel because when once the IDF goes in, it's not going to be a quick fix. Uh, they're going to have to go building to building inside Gaza, and the 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 rumors here, you know, what what the soldiers that are on the front lines are telling their their families and and their friends is that they're prepared to go in for not just days and not just weeks, but but possibly for months. And so I I, I do think that the the Israeli establishment here is trying to lay the groundwork with the leaders of the free world to to make them aware and to get them to buy in on the Israeli battle initiative. So Dove was on like an hour ago, Alex, and he said to me, he goes, you know, Sid, that music festival where they grabbed Mia Shem from and others, uh, I believe uh, Hirsch too, Hirsch Goldberg, and they killed almost 300 people. He said, do you know, Sid, that those were Israelis and Palestinians? that were dancing together, singing together. All over Israel, Palestinians and Israelis live together. And for the most part, this is what he's saying. I've never been there. For the most part, Israelis don't have a big issue with Palestinians. Obviously, Hamas is another story. He said, but now it's over. Now it's over. Now Israelis, they don't trust them. They don't care. They don't want to hear it, that they've basically written off the Palestinian people. Was Dove Hyken really speaking on behalf of the majority of Israeli citizens, or is he just really angry? I, I think that, that he's right. I, I do think that the Israelis have had their paradigms shifted completely here. You know, there, there was always a feeling that the Israelis could live side by side 
with the Palestinians. By the way, the ones that uh, really carry that uh, in, in actuality the most are the, the so-called settlers, the, the Jews that live in Judea and Samaria, the West Bank. They, they live and interact with Palestinians on the day-to-day, and they've always said and, and proven that they can live together and work together, and Palestinians are, are doing work inside of Jewish communities, and our, our Palestinians are working at the in the industrial zones uh, together with the Jewish workers. You know, So they, they believe that coexistence was possible, but we're seeing now uh, re- reports, you know, features on, on television of, of people that lived in these kibbutzim in the south saying that they saw in their house on Saturday morning last week, the very person that had the permit to come in from Gaza was working, was working in their house. They were feeding him food. They were talking. They thought that they were they were friends. Oh, my God. And as it turned out, that was the person that was providing all the intelligence to, to Hamas uh, about about uh, who, you know, how big was the community? Where's all the infrastructure? Who has the guns? Who's on security patrol? And not only were they feeding that information, but they participated in the attack. So, yes, I, I do think that the oh. Israelis uh, ha- have woken up from their slumber and are starting to see uh, the Palestinians in, in a new light. You know what it comes down to, Alex, with people? And this annoys me. They're always really idealistic and beautiful until it happens to them. I've had so many guests on this show the last couple of days that have been like, Sid, you're a good person. You're a good heart. Calm down. We know you're angry. We get it. But good people shouldn't die. And I go, well, I don't know if they're good people, you know. But, you know, of course, if God forbid one of their kids were being held hostage, or if one of their kids was slaughtered that morning, they would feel differently. See, me, I'm different. I put myself in the shoes of those people. And I get more angry and less supportive. Because there's a lot of folks here that keep telling me the Palestinians are good people. And I go, well, how do you know that? You just gave me a story of Palestinian people that worked in the community and turned out to be killers. And I know for a fact they were handing out candy and dancing in the streets. And I also know for a fact that these little Palestinian kids, God bless them, not their fault, are taught to hate and kill Jews in third grade. What do you mean most Palestinians are good people? What's the proof of that? Alex Trayman. Shit, you're exactly right. If you want to understand uh, the nature of a people, just look at the education system. Okay, I was just this morning watching a video of undercover footage that was taken inside a Jerusalem school. Now, a lot of these schools are run by UNRWA, which is the UN agency specifically to deal with the Palestinian refugee issue. And and by the way, there's only one agency uh, you know, there's one agency to deal with refugee issues in the rest of the world, and there's this specific agency, a different one, that deals only with the Palestinian issue. But this this UNRWA provides funds and runs the schools and, and provides the, the textbooks, and, and we've seen what's in the textbooks. And they just did this undercover report, uh, or maybe it was from a year or two ago. We just saw where they're interviewing these kids, and, and these kids are taught uh to to want to kill jews they're taught that jews are evil people and, and that the jihad is is uh correct that it's it it has merits and and that the jews need to die so you know they, they 
you you could say that they're civilians that they're not not all of them are active terrorists but they've been taught to be this and uh it's it's very very different than the education system uh, in, in israel where where jews are taught that even though we live around people that they really hate us that we we should try and strive as much as we can to make peace with them and to coexist i'm going to play the part where you just said before that brilliant uh piece you just did where you said sid you're right 100 times tomorrow alec <laughs> because you know again so many people are basically telling me to cool down and those people live in new jersey those people live on staten island they live in brooklyn you know you're uh, a couple of miles away from rockets every day and you're saying sid you're a hundred percent right. My own daughter. I yelled out last night. We had a disagreement yeah. because she wants me to. She wants. Yeah, she wants me to be more, more, more uh, understanding of the Palestinians. I go, what? You know. Yeah, I mean, we obviously know people here. Everybody does. Everybody knows Palestinians that are are good-hearted people. And and the thing is, for them to to reach the conclusions that their leadership is wrong, that their education was wrong. You know, many of many of them have done that. Okay, we can't we can't discount that there are people that that do realize that. But that said, you can't not you cannot necessarily know which ones have come to those conclusions and which ones haven't because they they have been inundated with hatred in their education systems and in their media for for decades. I mean, these were kids. These are people now that grew up on a Mickey Mouse that was a Hamas suicide bomber. Okay, and and so yeah, true. So what, what what did we expect when you allow the Palestinian Authority, when you allow UNRWA, when you allow Hamas to educate these kids? You know, there's going to be a certain percentage of them that are going to grow up to want the desire to be terrorists, to think that being a martyr is the is the penultimate, the 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 highest level. Uh, and, and the problem for Israelis is that today, when you see people in civilian clothes, you cannot know the difference. You can't know which one is which. Sometimes it's just a look in the eye, and sometimes it's not even a look in the eye. You can't know. Wow. Well, listen, you're uh, you're an amazing guy. Your reporting has been just unbelievable between Noam Layden and my show. This is now nine consecutive days, and they keep getting better. So uh, please continue to stay safe, Alex. You're a very important voice here in New York and the United States. For Jewish people like me, I need you. I really do. So thank you for coming on again today. Great work. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sid. You got it, pal. Alex Trayman.